Podcast Studios. This, this is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. Powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. Well, howdy. Howdy. Happy Halloween. Thank God that's over with. Uh, we're going to talk about Cat's Halloween in just a sec, but I'll tell you just quickly. Last night I did something that I've never done before. I turned off the porch lights and pretended I wasn't home. But it was weird because I didn't want anybody to even ring the doorbell. I didn't want any confusion at all. So the house was dark. I even had the TV on in a room where the light wouldn't show through the window. I was like hiding from my neighbors last night. No candy at all. And did people still knock on the door? No, actually, I got quite lucky. And I looked out too. And and at first, like 5.30 p.m., seemed like there was some young kids out. And I thought, oh, okay, that's cool. I looked out again around 7, and then again at 7.30, and then at 8. I didn't see a whole heck of a lot of people. But then I realized that I think the polls were actually kind of spot on. Because nearest I can tell, there was the same, if not more, kids out trick-or-treating. But... There were less houses handing it out, myself included. I didn't hand out candy this year, and I always do, even though I hate that holiday. Did you just like, why now? Is it because you're moving? Is it because I'm moving? (laughs) You know, my house (laughs) is just a disaster. I was packing yesterday because real estate deadlines never line up. I have a place to go, but not until the end of January. But I have to be out of my current place in a few weeks. So I'm packing and Oh, fuck. I even packed the cat in a box at one point yesterday, and then I was racking my brains trying to figure out which box the meowing was coming from. Oh, my God. How did you pack your fucking cat? Because he's a little fucker, and he just jumps in boxes because he thinks, oh, cool, somewhere to hang out. Oh. Well, I mean, when I close up the box, fine. Now, I wasn't taping anything shut for now. I was just packing the boxes. I'll tape them all when the movers come. But nonetheless, yeah, he was stuck in a box for a while. Wow. Wow. You decided you were going to run Halloween like a boss and handed out full-size chocolate bars? First of all, yesterday ended up being such a gong show. It was great. It was fine. But it was such a gong show. So we went from, we were supposed to take Christmas photos on Saturday, but we got rained out. It's an outdoor photo shoot. Mm -hmm. And I know, Christmas photos. Why Christmas photos? Well, because it takes the photographer time to edit photos. She does it for a bunch of families. So by the time you edit and you send to the families and then you get cards made, right? You need the lead time. That's why. So it was over the weekend. So because we got rained out Saturday, they got pushed to Sunday because I didn't want to wait any longer. Um, and she was great. She said, you know what? I could try to squeeze you in, you know, next week. I said, no, nope, I just want to get these photos done so I can move along. Let's just do it. So yesterday I was, we were kind of like scrambling. We went from, okay, get up and get ready and go to the photos. Hey, Christmas photos. There's Christmas music on, even fake snow. I mean, she does it all out, right? There's like a shed that's decorated for Christmas you stand in front of and ornaments and all that shit. So we went from that, hopped in the car to go to my brother's for a little Halloween party that we had during the day. So in the car, went from Christmas to Halloween, scrambled to get the kids all dressed in their costumes when we got there. Uh, And then that that was a good time at my brother's. And we were doing, it was bad. I'm, I'm glad I kind of stayed away from it, but they had set up and I helped them set up an adult trick-or-treating center, which I always believe that that's nice to have. One, one house per neighborhood. You know, we should just rotate. Every neighborhood should have a house to help out the adults. So that was them last night. So they had a table spread of tequila shots, a vodka shot. Basically, just pick your poison, take a shot uh, in cute little Halloween glasses and everything. We set it up to look like a lab 
and they got to be the cool house that did that. Like, my house was cool for handing out full-size chocolate bars, but that was pretty sweet. So they did that whole setup. Uh, and then how it went with my neighborhood? Well, I would say, you know, last week we were talking about what they assumed the stats would be for Halloween. And I think we, my street was probably right on par. I'd say it was about like 50, 40 to 50% of houses that were handing out candy. And the other ones were like you, just lights out. Some of them had signs to say, you know, we're going to do this next year. Have a happy Halloween. Some no sign at all. Just everything off. Fine. I just like when you let it be known because there were some houses that put their porch light on and maybe they just didn't understand how it worked, right? So people were going to the door, but they didn't answer the door. So I'm thinking, oh, somebody didn't tell the person, like, turn your porch lights off. You know, if you're, if you're not there or you're not handing out candy, just turn your porch lights off. That's it. It's that simple. And then people will usually move on. But back at my house, holy shit. Like, people, people caught on pretty quickly, Scott, that we were handing out full-size bars. How does word like that even spread? What were you on, like, 4chan or something? Yeah, yeah, I tweet. No, I t- tweeted. No, I'm just kidding. I didn't tweet it. No, it just it was as simple as kids leaving. And in a certain age, they don't know, right? I mean, you're talking like five and under. They're just happy to get anything. Doesn't matter what you give them. Little bars, a bag. They're like, yay, this is awesome, right? It's it's a lot. Of, it's a lot for a young person. I, I I speak from experience with my little ones, four and two. My youngest didn't even make, like made it three houses, and she was satisfied. She was like, okay, can I go home and have a lollipop? Yeah, okay. So you stay home. So she stayed back with my husband, handing out candy, and I went out with my daughter all the way around the block. So, but word got out, like we were sitting on our our patio and some kids, once you hit that age, right? That age where you're well aware of what's going on, looked inside the bin. I said, take anyone you want. And they saw full size bars. Oh my God. Hey, 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 hey. And they were in groups, which was nice to see, by the way, like groups of kids going trick or treating like it used to be. It was nice. So they're calling on their other friends like, no, come here, come here, come here from across the street. So they all came over to our house. I said, okay, just one each, right? Uh, at a certain point, I put it down, and I and people were coming, and I said, "Okay, yeah, help, help yourselves. You pick whatever you want." One kid took like four or five. I was like, "Uh, uh, no, no, I mean, what? Okay, that's all. That's all." He's fucking like, he's got a Mister Big, Oh Henry, all the shit, just like piling it in his his bag. I'm like, "Kid, kid, that's enough." I said one, and he's just like, like he just took off. So I'm like, "Fine, I, I understand. It's exciting." But uh, yeah, it was. I, I mean, it was. It, I think the big size chocolate bars were gone in the first like. I want to say like hour and a half or so. They were done. And then we moved on to my backup supply. And I left that out for a while. But something did happen to me that we were talking about. And that's, you know, we asked the question, how old is too old to trick or treat, right? And mm-hmm. I, I don't know. And I stand by, ah, oh, fucking no. As long as you're polite and uh, whatever, I'll give you something. So it happened. Three, I want to, I want to say, Scott, 16-year-olds. Three 16-year-olds, no costumes rolled up to my house and I could tell that they were ready to explain themselves to me. So I was like, okay, come on. What do you got here? What's going on? So the first guy's like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a cool guy. And uh, if you got to know me, you know that. And I was like, okay. He's like, so I went as myself. I'm like, oh, fuck. Guy. Oh, give me a fucking break. I know. I was like, fuck, fuck hey, just take Get it. Get out of here. But whatever, right? Do you want a fucking Kit Kat? Take a Kit Kat. Go ahead. The second guy is like, I'm a, <laughs> he's holding a water bottle. So he's like, I'm a water bottle. And the rest of me is invisible. I'm a water bottle. They didn't even have bags, guys. They didn't even have fucking sacks. They couldn't even find a grocery bag. They, it, it seems as though they just realized part weight. That could have been vodka in the bottle. I thought about that after. I'm like, ah, they're probably just a few drunk kids. So they're like, yeah. I'm like, okay, take it. And then the third guy's like, and I was like, well, who are you? He's like, who am I? 
Yeah. They already explained themselves. You want something? Who are you? Oh, I'm T-Pain. I'm like, oh, you're T-Pain? And I'm thinking, T-Pain hasn't really come out with much in a while. Are you actually like a fan of T-Pain? I'd be impressed. So I made him do what I said that I wouldn't do. I made him work for it. I was like, if you could sing me. Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. Are you sure you want to admit that you did this here publicly? Because I think Teresa Tam will come over and smack you right in the face. You know what? I did because it was all in good fun. They didn't have costumes. Like, I mean, at least put a something. A, no bag. They were just like fucking eating as, eating as they went. They were just eating whatever people were giving them. So I was like, okay, if you can, if you can sing me some buy you a drink, that'd be great. I, I would love to hear some T-Pain right now. T-Pain. So he, he, no hesitation, Scott. He snapped his fingers and everything. Baby girl, what's your name? Let me talk to you. I was like, oh, shit. Okay, you know T-Pain, and that makes me happy. Take two. And so I gave him two. No. <laughs> yeah, then he left. He went from potentially getting zero to getting a double yeah. order? I was and a- what's with this other little shit that took multiple chocolate bars? You didn't oh. chase him down the street and call him in? No, I, you know, I didn't. I, I, I looked at my husband. My husband was there at the time, and he, he looked at me. He's like, oh, what the fuck? But we were laughing so hard. We were just like, you know what, whatever. Like, it's... There, there didn't seem to. There was a lot of kids trick or treating. This is what didn't add up to me. It's like there's a lot of kids trick or treating. It seemed like a lot, but not a lot of houses offering candy. Were some of those kids out trick or treating and their parents were like fuck this and shutting the door, or were they just gathering in groups at other people's houses maybe and trick or treating in those neighborhoods that they chose to trick or treat in? I mean, I don't know what the answer is, but it, it was interesting. It was interesting to me. But this guy was just so happy. And there wasn't, like, because there was only, like, 40, 50% of homes, I thought, nah, fuck. This guy's going to go home and be so happy that he's got, like, five full-size bars. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care enough. All right. Well, I mean, at least they're not in your house. Risk of you eating them because oh, yeah, you probably gone. will. They're mm. gone. Get rid of them. Uh, okay. Well, listen, I'm, I'm glad you had a good thing. Uh, <laughs> I almost said Thanksgiving. I'm glad you had a good <laughs> Halloween. Now that it's over with and everybody's feeling the Mondays today. Yes. Can we please? Doug. Fuck you, Doug. (laughs) Doug. Mr. Ford. Douglas. Doug, here's a a million dollar idea for free. Why don't we? And I'm not saying this needs to be rubber stamped, but why don't we get back to doing things that actually affect people? Bring it up in the legislature just as an idea, a thought starter. Maybe we should move Halloween permanently to the final Saturday of October. The trick-or-treating mm-hmm. part of it. Let's move it to the final Saturday of October. And in case you're wondering, because Halloween is way better on a Saturday. Kids get their trick-or-treat in. There's usually some good parties on the Friday and Saturday. It's a good weekend. Nice little bow on it at the end. We're good. We don't get Halloween on a Saturday again until 2026. Yeah. Do you know how far behind in our climate targets we're going to be by 2026? It's a long time from now. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I agree. I, I'm ready to sign that petition to change it. I, people have talked about it for so long, and it is so stressful. Like, I th- even though it was on a weekend yesterday, I still felt that stress of like, ah, oh, shit, I got to pack a lunch still. Got to put the kids to bed, still pack lunches for tomorrow. It's a lot. It's it a is. lot of shit. And I had a little bit of time to eat dinner. I had like a buffer between our photos and heading out to trick or treat where I could feed them. I can't even imagine this on a, on a, on a full blown weekday next year. Like shit, that's going to suck. Yeah. I mean, listen, 
politicians are notorious for not wanting to tackle issues like that. Oh, no, no, no. It'll get everybody all pissed off and there's going to be a big fight about it. I don't want to touch that shit. Yet you guys have no problem shutting down small businesses and, and handing money to big business. Like, stop fucking around and do something that affects people. Let's talk about moving Halloween to the final Saturday of October. And you know what? We've got a whole bunch of elected individuals. If we discuss it and we vote on it and the vote comes out, nope, we're going to leave it on the 31st. Then so be it. But we could at least have the conversation. Uh, I did reference climate change, and I do want to talk about that because COP26 is happening over in Scotland. But before we do, uh, a couple other things. Number one, there's a debate happening in, nationwide right now. You'll recall that after uh, that uh, mass grave was found on the site of a former residential school in Kamloops, we lowered the flags on the Peace Tower in Ottawa and flags across the country got lowered to half staff. Okay. We were in mourning. Mm -hmm. Well, they're still there at half staff. And Remembrance Day is now 10 days away. And Remembrance Day is when we honor our fallen. And one of the more somber moments of a Remembrance Day ceremony is the flags being lowered to remember and respect the war dead. The problem is you can't lower a flag if you don't first raise it. So now what do we do? And I think the, the simple solution that the Legion across Canada is suggesting is, okay, all right, we get it. Let's raise the flag back up on Remembrance Day, and then we'll lower it back down again and, and leave it lowered until whenever you want. Well, the First Nations chiefs are not necessarily in favor of that idea. Okay. One of them, uh, Roseanne Archibald, says, no, Canada's got a lot of work to do before we can proudly raise our flag again. Is there a compromise here? Because I kind of like what the Legion is suggesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm gl I'm just, well, I'm glad I don't have to make the final decision. Not that anything would qualify me to, <laughs> honestly. I hope that they come up with, with something that everybody can be at least content with. That's for sure. I don't, we don't want any animosity against anyone else over this, you know? No, we definitely don't. Uh, and, and we want to be respectful, obviously, in every scenario. So I have yeah. to think that the Legion's idea is probably the best compromise. But again, somebody needs to step up and take a little bit of leadership on this and just say, this is the plan. This is what we're going to do. There's a lot of business owners, mainly big business, but some small as well. Uh, the Walmarts of the world and the Canadian tires. A lot of them still have their flags still at half mast. And even they're wondering, how long do we leave it like this? At, at what point do we raise it back up? A little bit of clarity on that would be great. Um, the UN Climate Summit is on right now. It's happening in Glasgow. <laughs> I was watching a graphic today of all the different planes landing from different countries. Oh, no. 200, 200 countries are being represented at COP26 oh, in no. Glasgow. And it's, it's actually kind of ridiculous because, I mean, I don't know that anything emits more carbon than yeah. a flight. It just doesn't, <laughs> it's not a good look. I agree with it's not a good look. Even with uh, Justin Trudeau there, I mean, give him a little bit of credit. At least he's multitasking. He wrapped in COP26 with the G20 over in Rome. He did a little stopover in the Netherlands. I'm pretty sure, by the way, that's not the last time Justin Trudeau is going to be in The Hague. But let me just carry on. People who got that loved it. Anyway, <laughs> um, so 
They go over to the G20. They did nothing but fuck around for a couple of days. Even Trudeau said it was a bit of a bust. They didn't really agree on much of anything. At the absolute least, they were hoping they could come to an agreement on ending government subsidies for coal. They couldn't even agree on that. All they agreed on is we're going to try and keep our emissions and our climate change to less than one and a half degrees over pre-industrial times. All right. Well, we've been agreeing on that for a while, but you've doubled down on your agreement. Let's go to Scotland and see if we can get a deal done. I don't know if they're going to be able to get a deal done when the G20 just agreed that they don't agree. And Trudeau, like I said, did manage to avoid a lot of the controversy because he flew on uh, CF1. That's the Canadian Forces one flight. That's when the prime minister is on. He flies on that. And it was basically a full plane because he's carrying a his staff and he's got his security detail and the media is all on board. That's probably a good use of a flight. Three destinations, one trip, full plane. Good. There's a lot of countries that are sending their leadership in private jets or they're flying a full 737 with like 10 people on it. That's why people have a problem with you guys doing this when it was perfectly fine last year or in any other year to do meetings by Zoom. Yeah. And I don't understand why we're not doing that for the climate summit. This is where you get into like dangerous territory of like them believing that. And I do think this for most uh, people in this in this leadership role, that's part of the perks. You know, part of the perks is I do get to have these fights and they'll they'll tell you, I'm sure a lot of them would say face to face meetings. You know, that's what makes the difference. I probably call bullshit on that. I, I would call bullshit on that. Absolutely. And I think there's other ways that you could you could meet virtually being one of them. I, it's, it's just silly to me. You know what? I don't I don't get it. Either. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't. Especially that's the reason why you're meeting. Like, so do you care or do you not? Yeah. L- listen, we as a world. Work out treaties all the time. And typically when you go to these treaty signing ceremonies, the details are already worked out. In this case, we've got this two week climate summit where the leaders are only going to dip in, shake some hands, drink some free drinks and then peace out again. We won't actually know what the end result is for a couple of weeks. But I have to think that this could be done the same way most other treaties are done. You pre-negotiate on the phone or by email, and then the leaders just show up, take their photo op, sign the document, and we're good. Either way, if this doesn't produce something tangible when it comes to climate change, actual binding targets that the world must respect, then there's no point in doing another one. There shouldn't be a COP27. There shouldn't be a, a Glasgow Accord. There shouldn't be any of that shit until we all agree. And frankly... The whole thing is all for naught unless you bring the biggest polluters to the table, China and India. If they're not part of it, there's no fucking point. If you're in a boat that's taking on water and you're at the back and someone else is at the front, you can bail all the water you want out of the back. But if the person at the front isn't bailing their water, the boat's still going to sink. And that's the way we have to look at this. Everybody has to be in on it. Including America, because they still kick out a shit ton of pollution. Better than they were, but they're still a fucking mess. I feel like so, that's, that's the, that's the big, biggest topic for me, by the way, that people seem to be all talk, no action on. Which part? America? Climate change. Climate no, change, just generally yeah. speaking, climate change. When it comes to whoever, whatever position, especially whatever, leadership for an entire country, let's go there, but everybody, that is the topic of conversation that's always the biggest talk and the least action. And, and this is the time where we should be taking it the most seriously. 
Listen, I mean, there are many theories about how we can truly combat climate change. I personally happen to think that the future is green. And I get that there's a lot of governments around the world that are afraid that, oh, boy, if we get rid of the coal, it's not that we can't survive without the coal. It's just all the coal miners are going to lose their job. Listen, there's lots of jobs in the new green economy. We just have to commit to it and actually do it. And frankly, I think the solution here is less government, more private sector. Government should get out of their way and just sit on the sidelines cheering everybody on. Rather than do this whole, oh, you know what? I think the best way to lower uh, our emissions is to charge the living fuck out of people who drive cars. Let's move on from that. I mean, yeah, in an ideal world, sure, we wouldn't be driving as many gas-guzzling cars. Uh, Okay, sure. But that's not going to change overnight. There are many things we could do that come to sustainability that could be done now. The government doesn't have to do. Let private business do it. Government just get out of the way and clear the red tape so that they can make these jobs and start lowering our emissions. But it's a constant pissing match. And it's always the little guy, us, that gets screwed. It's very, very frustrating. Anyway, let's uh, go to a couple other things here because it was an eventful weekend. Um, uh, TikTok has resulted in another injury. I'm starting to think that if we're that hot on Facebook being dangerous, maybe we should talk about the dangers of TikTok because there seems to be a lot of people doing dumb shit. Yeah, a lot of, uh, I mean, there's a fair amount of dumb people doing this shit too. So yeah, they find a way to hurt themselves. Every single week we have a new story, don't we? A 14-year-old boy attempted the honeycomb challenge that he saw on Squid Game. That involves making a thin sheet of honeycomb and then carving a shape out of it without breaking it. First off, that's probably a decent activity for a young person to do. There's a lot of strategy to it, and it's hands-on. That's good. The problem is the teen didn't go to his mom and say, hey, can you make some honeycomb so I can do that? He decided to do it himself, and he used a recipe that he found on TikTok. Unfortunately, as he was mixing his bicarb soda and water and sugar, he didn't use a microwave-safe cup. And the whole thing exploded in the fucking microwave. Oh, no. It ended up melting on his hands and all the way down his legs. This 14-year-old suffered first-degree burns to his hands and deep burns with nerve damage to his legs. So severe, the doctors initially thought he would need a skin graft. They say now the burns are healing well on their own, but he's going to spend the next year in a pressure bandage. Oh, my. A year because of Squid Game and TikTok. Yeah. Fuck. I <sighs> did get up to episode seven, by the way. I've got oh, two more to go. You have two. You have only a couple left, huh? That's right. Yeah. Am I right, by the way? Because I was looking ahead to see the previews for episodes eight and nine. It says episode eight's only 35 minutes. Are some of them shorter than others? Oh, that's a good. I, I didn't even I didn't even notice. I don't know. I just I just binged it. I don't even remember, to be honest with you. I don't even remember. Listen, I know I resisted the idea when I first heard about it. I was wrong. Uh-huh. This show is riveting, and we will probably not agree. I know some people are subtitles all the way. Other people prefer the dub. I don't mind the dub. I don't mind it. It syncs up okay, good enough anyway, and I'm really enjoying it. To be honest with you, I'm shocked nobody has tried to make this into like a regular game show yet. One where you don't die at the end, but you could win money if you win. 
Well, it's a neat concept, just doing regular shit. Yeah, there's still lots of rumors that they're probably going to make a North American version of it. But the problem is, I think, the rights to it. I'm not sure if they're willing to give it up so easily. Because would that make less people want to watch the second season of it? Um, if and when it should come out. I mean, apparently it's going to take forever. But when it does come out. So we'll see. We'll see what happens there. But it is good. It's a neat, you know what, it's a neat concept. It's not for everybody. But nothing like that, which tends to be a bit gory and nothing like that is for everybody, but it, I found it very interesting. I liked it a lot. How valuable is your time? Could you put a, a value on how much a day's worth of your time is in, in dollars? I, I mean, yeah, I think that we all should have a value for our time. Yes. And I probably could put an amount. Really? Interesting. A woman who's been with her partner for eight years, they have a child together, has had enough. Her boyfriend has been promising He's going to propose, but he hasn't done it yet. She waited eight years and said, fuck this. She's taking him to court. She wants a judge to weigh in on this, on whether or not he has wasted eight years of her time (laughs) in a dead end relationship. (laughs) You know, at first, this might sound trivial. And I don't think this relationship is destined to end in marriage when it begins in a courtroom. However, I will say that if he did lead her on and make her think, oh, yeah, this is going to be great just any day now. You know, I, I'm, I'm shopping for rings every day. Strung her along, making her think that there was going to be something more and never followed through. He might, if she can prove how much her time is worth, have a case here. That's the judge, by the way, has reserved judgment. He's already seen the two of them, and he recommended the two of them go back and try and reconcile on their own. Before he has to get involved. Oh my god, this is so far past and uh, like understanding for me. I don't understand from either side. First of all, so she takes him to court, it tries to claim that her this might be a waste of her life because he isn't proposing. When do people when do people stop taking responsibility for themselves and their own actions? You when COVID th- hit, that's when they stopped. Honest to shit, Scott. <laughs> Honest to shit. Like I caught COVID. It's Doug Ford's fault. Fuck you, Doug. <laughs> Like, take responsibility for your life. You chose to be with him. If you actually had some kind of a goal, which is fucking ridiculous, but fine. Let's say you had a goal of my next relationship, which is with him, let's say. I want to be engaged within two years. If that doesn't happen for you, absolutely question it and say, look, this is where my life is heading. This is what I want for my life. If it's not adding up with your life and you feel like you're not sure when or if it's going to happen... You need to take responsibility and go, I'm going to move on now. That's what I want. You don't take him to court. Like, what the fuck are you hoping for here? That a judge will force him to propose? That's really romantic. And second of all, are they actually going to stay together after she did this? Like, if you didn't think she was a fucking prize pig to begin with, you're obviously not going to pick her now. (laughs) Like, this this is the end. Move on, bitches. Like, why can't you just... Live for yourself. Why are you constant? Why do people do this? I don't understand. And yes, this comes from a, a place where, you know, I found my partner pretty early on in life. Everything's worked out pretty well. I still know for a fact I would not sit there and take things and take things as they are and then blame someone else for it. You fucking did that to yourself. He didn't do that to you. He didn't make you sit around for how long? Seven, eight years, whatever it eight is. Eight years. And nobody fucking made you, bitch. Nobody made you. And he can fuck off, too. If he doesn't want to marry her, you fuck off, too, guy. 
Go find someone else that, that's right for you. You want to get married? If that's the point of life for you is to get married, go find someone who wants to get married. He doesn't, clearly. Is it weird if you're out walking your dog and somebody stops and asks, can I pet your dog? An adult. Oh, yeah, no. I mean, not at all. It just happened to me the other day. Okay. What if they ask if they can take a picture of your dog? Is that weird? Okay. Weird? Yes. I'm not saying I wouldn't allow it, but it is odd. I'd be like, okay. I might ask why, but I'd be like, oh, okay. He, sure. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's a pretty boy. Go ahead and take a picture. Huh. My dog gets a lot of looks. He's a good looking dog. He's semi unique in his coloring. And people often want to know what kind of dog he is. And when he's shaggy, he looks like a giant teddy bear. When he's shaved down, his fur or his hair is like velvet cat. Everybody comments on his coat. Mm-hmm. Occasionally at the dog park, people will take pictures of him. But I assume that's him playing with their dog. So I don't really think too much about it. But I might now. A woman has gone online to tell this story about a very creepy encounter that she had. She was walking her dog. There was a man coming towards her. He said, what a great dog. Can I pet your dog? And she said, oh, okay, sure. Go ahead and pet the dog. Great. That should have been it. They would have carried on with their walk. He said, can I take a picture of your dog? And she did hesitate, but she said, "Uh, okay, yeah, you can take a picture of my dog. Sure. He took a picture of her dog and that was it. That was where the encounter ended. Or was it? Because she kept walking, he kept walking in another direction. And then her phone went off a little later on. She got a text message from the guy who stopped and asked to pet her dog and asked to take a picture of the dog. How did he get her number? Off the dog's collar. (gasps) So he knew. He knew. As soon as he saw that dog, I don't even think he was that interested in the dog. He was interested in her. The dog was how he got her contact info. Believe it or not, as I read the comments on this on Reddit, there's actually some people who think that's romantic. I cannot imagine anything more creepy than that. You're not wrong, Scott. And if you are interested, can't we just... I know some people are shy. You know, I, I, I get that you're shy. Some people be afraid to. That's not the way to go about it. You know, sucking up and asking, hey, can I get your number? Yeah, she was likely to say no to you. Maybe you knew that, but you thought, no, this is a better way. That way I don't have to have a face-to-face conversation. I could just text. Congratulations. You are definitely creepy. Definitely creepy. She told him she's not interested and she's married. So he has not. Actually, I don't even know if he's tried to contact her again because she did block the number. But just a heads up. In this crazy, fucked up world that we live in, ladies, there are people out there diabolical enough that they would pet your dog to try and get an in with you. Wow. Wow. That makes me second guess all the photos I've ever taken and posted of Leo when he's wearing his collar. You know what, though? That was actually on my radar because I was taking a number of pictures of Charlie. or I have been. It's his birthday uh, later this week. And I was looking through some of the pictures just recently and I noticed... Oh, wait a second. You can see the phone number on his collar. So now I make an effort when I take a picture of him to make sure it's turned the other way. So it just says Charlie phone numbers on the back. While we're talking dogs. Hey, here we are. Here we are. A doggy hookup service, if you will. It is called Paw Mates and they're calling it the Tinder for dogs. This uh, broke late last week. It's a 
Toronto inventor that came up with paw mates. And it's specifically for your dog to find a playmate. No. Well, it's very similar to Tinder. You swipe right on a person and they've swiped right on you. Then it starts a chat. I thought to myself that it would be great if we could find him some other playmates that uh, were sort of more his speed. That's fabulous. I think it's such a fantastic way for the dogs to get together, socialize, and then for people. Was that a problem in the dog world? Because we're talking about a species that will instinctively go up to another and the first thing they do is smell the ass. Right. Uh, do they really have a hard time meeting other people? Was this, are we creating a problem where there isn't one? You know what my, my issue with this is, is that I love, um, I love dogs. I love all dogs. I, I'm that person, by the way, that will stomp and ask to pet your dog. Even if I'm with my dog, I'll be like, can I approach your dog? Great. Love your dog. I don't tend to like care about the humans that are attached to them right. necessarily, right? When you go to dog parks, what do you do? You ask about the dog. You see a dog that you're familiar with, you remember the dog's name. You barely remember the owner's name. I think that that's just natural for dog lovers anyway. I don't, I wouldn't want to hang out one-on-one because I wouldn't be sure who the human is attached to the dog. Like, I could scroll through that dog thing all day and be like, yes, swipe on you. Yes, I want to play with you. I want to bury my face in your face, you cutie pie. But I don't want your owner attached to it, maybe. I don't know who that human is. That's where I have a problem. Because I don't tend to like dog parks. I've talked about my issue with dog parks in the past. Leo was bit at one. I didn't. I don't like it. It was the asshole. It wasn't even the dog's fault. It was the asshole that brought that dog in that was very protective of this other dog that was there. That's how it happened. And I thought, well, I don't really like people as much as I like dogs. Mm-hmm. So the thought of, hey, me having one-on-one doggy time, or Leo having one-on-one doggy time with another, another dog, that's great. The problem is the human has to come along too. And that's where you lose me. In this case, my dog just doesn't have a problem meeting other dogs. I mean, he's a very social guy, and and he'll even lay down until the other dog gets close, and then boom, up to all fours, let me smell your penis, or let me smell your vagina. That's what dogs do. That's right. what Charlie does anyway. Never really had a problem, but I don't know. I guess this is an option if you don't like the dog park. Now, even at that, I can't even go to the mailbox at the end of the street without Charlie finding some other dog that's all of a sudden his best friend and i feel like an asshole making him just continue walking i didn't know that we needed a doggy hookup service but it's there if you want to look into it paw mates is what it's called and it's a canadian company one last thing alec baldwin spoke this weekend god damn it was it hard to hear he He was more patient with the media than his wife was, but neither of them had any obligation at all to talk to the paparazzi that was following them. Do you have the audio there? Uh, Yeah, I can bring it up. Um, This is what's been. We all know how it works, right? When there's an investigation happening, you can't say shit. And I think that the photographers, we'll call them photographers. I still want to call them paparazzi because to me, they're still paparazzi. They know that full well, that he's not allowed to say anything. Yet they continue to ask him the same questions and follow him and his family around. And that's where I would have a problem. So finally, you're right. Um, He he was nice enough to talk. He did not have to say anything. Um, His wife, not as happy. And he'll explain why. Here's Alec Baldwin speaking for the first time. I'm not allowed to make any comments because it's an ongoing investigation. I've been ordered by the sheriff's department in Santa Fe. I can't answer any questions about the investigation. I can't. Okay. It's an active investigation in terms of a woman dying. She was my friend. She was my friend. The day I arrived in Santa Fe to start shooting, I took her to dinner with Joel, the director. We were a very, very 
you know, well-oiled crew shooting a film together, and then this horrible event happened. Do you think production will start up again on No, that? I doubt it necessarily. Anything else? Okay. So just do me a favor, you know what? My kids are in the car crying. Because you guys are following and them all and I want to do, know. as a courtesy to you, I came to talk to you. Now, please, would you just not follow us for the rest of Just, just leave us Just alone. go home. Yeah, just go home. I agree. <laughs> Is it now over? Like, if you're one of those members of the paparazzi and Baldwin was kind enough, because he didn't have to, but he was kind enough to give you a statement. He's visibly upset about this, and his wife is obviously furious that you're following them and their kids. They should back off, right? They should leave him alone. Uh, 100%. They're not going to find out any more answers. It, it, Like I said, it's an investigation. Anyone who knows anything realizes he couldn't even tell you something if he was desperate to want to tell somebody something that happened that day. That as of right now, we don't know. He can't say a thing. He's been ordered to not say a thing. Wait for the fucking police report like everybody else and leave the guy alone. I get that there's a, uh, an appetite out there from some members of the public to find out what happened here. I mean, it, they've got to investigate. I'm still leaning towards the person who put the bullets in that gun should probably be faced or be charged criminally. I still think that as I know the story now, it seems like they were either recklessly negligent or there was a little bit of intent there. Just a pure accident? Maybe it was. But even at that, we have a charge for that. It's called manslaughter. Even though you didn't pull the trigger, you still handed that live gun to the person who did. Mm-hmm. And, and they were told it was safe to fire the gun. I still think that given what happened here and how incredibly reckless it was, even if it was an accident, it was reckless. I still think that somebody should be charged here. That poor woman that was shot to death, that director who also got shot. I mean, it was a horrible situation. Alec Baldwin himself is going to be traumatized for life over this. He shot a person in cold blood and killed them through no fault of his own. How many other people on earth can say that? Mm -hmm. I mean, so many people were impacted by this. I have to think that somebody should be charged, but we don't know what the police know. And we have to wait until they release the results of their investigation. They're not finishing the movie. Is that what he said? Oh, he doesn't believe anytime soon they will. Yeah. I, I mean, mm. or at all, maybe at all. Like, it was hard to understand. I wish that they would have asked him further, like, do you think it never? Um, could you? Like, could you? Could you go back and, and film a movie that, that you were in the middle of doing and then someone died? Now, that said, we know that that's happened in the past. They have completed movies with people dying, not necessarily under the circumstance exactly. I mean, they released The Crow after Brandon Lee ended up being shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't know what'll happen. It's still pretty fresh. So understandable if they want to wait a while to even figure that out, like far past the investigation being done. I don't know what the right answer is. I think that if they do, they'll probably spin it as we're going to do it as a tribute to the deceased. We're going to do this as uh, in honor of the victim who would have wanted us to finish. That's how they could spin it and probably get away with it. Otherwise, it's almost a little tacky to finish the movie. Well, and it, it depends horrible how the, what happened here. Absolutely. And it depends how the investigation goes. I mean, that's absolutely right. If nobody's found guilty, then maybe they'd be able to do it. But could you actually do it with that same team? Can Alec live or ever work with that guy again that handed him that gun? I wouldn't. I wouldn't either. That props person's, that armorer going nowhere near me ever again. In fact, he probably has PTSD from this. No, no doubt in my mind. Like, Alec will not want to be around those guns, prop guns or not, again, because how could you? How could you again?
No, you're absolutely right. Last question I'm going to ask you, and this is a very simple one. If I put one in front of you, would you try a McRib? Because they're back today in America. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe they're back. You know what? I prob- I, I think I've had one once in my, a couple times in my life when I was a kid. I'd probably try it. I know I would not be impressed, but I would, still, I would give it a bite. Yes, I would. Breaking news on the McRib front. The sandwich that defined fast food in the 80s is now getting a 2021 makeover. The McRib is back. But Thank this goodness. In celebration of the sandwich's 40th birthday. I've never had one. I've had one. Pickle, onion, and barbecue sauce with a patty of pork of some sort. <laughs> Shaped like ribs, but not ribs. Sure. The best part about the McRib is you know you're an asshole when you eat it. They know you're an asshole when you eat it because there's nothing good in it for you. But they tried to make you reassure you a little bit by putting grill marks in it. That fucking thing never saw a grill. Never nope. once did that thing see a grill. Nope. And no, they didn't slice off a piece of pig and put it on a bun. <laughs> You're not eating some porchetta or something like that. It's just the shit pieces of pork that are formed into a patty and they charred it on the outside to make you like it. Do you think someone at McDonald's really sat there and deboned that for you? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, they're just boneless ribs. There's no such thing as boneless ribs, you assholes. Although, having said that, I haven't had one in years, and I am really in particular happy that the border reopens this weekend because it might be worth the drive to Buffalo. Home of the greatest football team in the world. There you go. Go Bills. Have yourselves a fantastic Monday, everybody. Thanks for listening to this edition of After 9. I saw that a doctor uh, in Boston was fined $6,000 for missing surgery because he ate his lunch in his car and then fell asleep. (laughs) The doctor was like, I eat lunch and sleep in my car. Does it sound like I have (laughs) $6,000? I read about a man in Canada who was arrested after he asked police officers to help him break into an ATM. (laughs) He was arrested for being the most Canadian person ever. I'm sorry to bother you, officer. Could you please help me break into this bank if it's not too much trouble, eh? The After 9 Podcast is powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold, guaranteed, or he'll buy it. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.